We are back in the place to be. Episode 6 of the TFW Podcast. That's freaking wrestling. Hello, and thank you for joining us once again. My name is Matt. I am your host for this evening and every evening that we do this thing. Along riding shotgun with me, I got my two favorite people in the world, Rhodesia and Ishan. Give it to me. What is going on? What's going on, family? Ready to get into tonight's topic? Yes, we got got a lot of topics again for you this week. We can get right to it. Um, There's a lot going on, and that's the great thing about wrestling. Every week, there's a ton. Even up to today, recording, there was still news coming out. So uh, let's have some fun and and talk some freaking wrestling. Shout out to you guys, too, that have watched uh, any of our videos, that has listened to the podcast. We appreciate your guys' support. Keep it rocking. Tell a friend to tell a friend that the hottest new podcast is here. That's freaking wrestling. Let's get into it. We ended our last episode by talking Crown Jewel predictions. Let's start this one by kind of just doing a high-level overview of the premium live event from last Saturday. Uh, Of course, we'll talk Logan Paul and Roman. I'm sure that we all have thoughts on that. I do want to kind of just start like at the the beginning of the pay-per-view. Brock going over on Bobby Lashley. Have no problems with it because Bobby beat the dog crap out of Brock for 98% of that match. If I'm not mistaken, I think Brock got in two Germans and an F5, and that was it. The rest of the time, Bobby uh, took control. Beat him up before the match started. Beat him up after the match was over. Of course, now we can see that, hey, we are heading to a, a third match somewhere down the line. Rumor is that uh, it was supposed to happen at day one in Atlanta, but uh, that show has now been canceled, so we don't know when the third match is going to be. But that would make a lot of sense. Hey, Matt, can you, can you boo that, that uh, I, not being day one in Atlanta? And can you tell <laughs> us why you want me to boo that? Because I'm from the area. So I don't know. Did you guys not show up for ticket sales? Was ticket sales low or, or what? You guys got a house show uh, that weekend still, don't you? Oh yeah, absolutely. We have the house show coming up, but uh, I believe that once they they announced that Brock versus Roman match, um, it was it sold out instantly. So not sure what happened. That's interesting. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So that's not happening now. So now we gotta look and see when it does happen. Uh, any thoughts that you guys had from uh, Bobby and Brock kicking off the, the premium live event? Sean, you want to start with that? Well, it, what happened is what I thought would happen, and I thought it was great overall, right? Yep. Um, I, I, I wanted Bobby to go over, and he did in a way, right? I mean, he looked dominant in that match. Oh, yeah. Uh, he looked big time, right? Um, I think they set him up not only for uh, more success after the match, but yeah, it was a great match. And then after the 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 the, the, uh, the win Brock had, he was able. Brock still kind of I'm sorry, um, Lashley got his heat back, right? Mm-hmm. Beat him up some more. Um, so I think it was a it was a great match. I think it was a great showing for Bobby, and I'm looking forward to see what they do next. I'm a piggyback off everything you just said right there. I think that Bobby dominating the majority of that match. Um, made him and protected him and his character. And I think that kind of led and leads up into this coming raw. And we'll talk about that a little bit later too, about Bobby's character. So I knew this was going to happen too. Brock was going to go over because he lost in January. So again, now they're one and one, nothing new or surprising out of that. 
Um, but again, I do. I really liked how Bobby gave it to him. I actually um, thought that he whooped his butt. And I'm saying butt instead of the A word. But <laughs> uh, he definitely tapped that butt. He definitely tapped that butt. Um, Bobby looked great. And nothing, no surprises there. Yeah, it's funny because um, the match was really, really good. You know, it, w- it was on the, the quicker side. But when you got two big heavyweights, get in, get out. Great start to the show. Super hot start to the show. And, you know, shout out to the Saudi crowd. Uh, there's been, when they first started doing the Saudi shows, crowds were not the best in terms of crowd reaction. They were hot all night. Uh, so kudos to them. Of course, that adds to the show. And then, holy hell, we'll talk about Raw. But as good as that crowd was on Saturday, that crowd in Pennsylvania was the worst probably of the year. <laughs> We've had some really bad Raw crowds. But, my God, that crowd was horrible. But I digress. We'll talk more about that here in a little bit. Uh, one thing, of course, I, I did want to bring up. We talked uh, about the women's tag team title match. And we were like, hey, did it make sense for – you know, the girls to lose on Monday just to get it back on Saturday. So we kind of made our picks. And unfortunately, that happened. I And I don't think they did anything on Monday to explain what was the point nope. of a six-day or five-day title reign. Uh, but Dakota Kai and Neo Sky did win their belts back. Uh, but it didn't make any sense to me. I thought the match was good. But from a booking perspective, you know, peeking behind the curtain, I don't understand why there was a point and Asuka and Alexa even winning the belts on Monday. We know they're going to probably be involved in the War Games match at Survivor Series. You didn't have to flip-flop the belts. Uh, As I said last week, I'm not a person that, hey, everybody has to have a six-month run, a year run to make the belts mean something. But when you do something like that, you you, you put the belts on them on Monday, give them the big popping circumstance with the fireworks and everything to end the show, and then their first title title defense, they lose. I can't see them winning it again anytime soon. Um, Ishan, I think... On that show, you said, hey, you kind of could see that happening. Um, what, what was your guys' thoughts when you, when you saw that, okay, hey, that title ring was only a few days? Yeah, I don't know why you guys are so confused. I told you what was going <laughs> to happen. I, let, I, I told you. You guys should have been like, oh, yeah, he was right. I mean, I told you. I mean, look, in some ways, the, the, the story is with damage control as the champions, right? Like, I just didn't foresee – Oscar and uh, Alexa, like this, that's this is a short term pairing, and this might be a problem with the women's division in general. They're kind of throwing acts together to kind of try to build a division. They don't really have any true tag team, so right now the the damage control is the the true tag team in the, in the division, right? And so, but in in one way, you got to think about it like this. So now, when you have tag matches or title matches before pay per view. You can't necessarily predict that they're going to retain or lose those championships the next night, right? So now you know, after watching the the win on uh, on uh, on on Raw, that just because you have a pay per view title match coming up, now you can't expect that that team's going to lose or win, right? So now it's going to kind of make it kind of unpredictable for us, right? And like, and in anything, you kind of want to you want to be surprised, right? So in some ways. The positive is that now, just because there's a title match on one show, doesn't mean you're not going to get a title switch on the next. Uh, you can't do that every week. You can't do that every month. Um, so as long as they they have some balance and some discipline with it, I think it's fine. Okay. I only have one positive out of that whole situation was when Asuka and Io was in the ring together. 
How electrifying. And I know I'm not the only person who wants to see them at WrestleMania. But between Asuka and Io in the ring going, can you imagine like a strong style uh, wrestling match at Mania with the two of them? That's the only thing I took out of that match because I was so confused of why they had the belts for five days. However, I know Ishai made a comment about them just kind of making makeshift tag teams. Triple H has been good at, at making tag teams. I remember when XT first got the TV deal, he had a, an excellent record at making successful tag team matches or a tag team group. So I'm going to give him that leash there. But the only thing that was positive for me out of that was the Asuka and EO in the ring. Okay. All right, moving on. Because I got something else I would say, but maybe we... No, I'll say it. I think what we're seeing is a little bit of uh, a women's talent issue in the WWE right now, this moment. And I say it right now, this moment, being you guys are here this on November 11th. It's November 10th. But you look at what you guys just said. Hey, they're, they're super thin in the tag team ranks. We saw that with that tag team tournament. Uh, WWE just announced a couple hours ago on Twitter, tomorrow night on SmackDown who will secure a championship opportunity against Ronda Rousey. The six women involved is Liv Morgan, Raquel, uh, who else? Uh, let me pull up the, the list. Xylee, uh, Shotzi, Sonya Deville, and Lacey Evans. You look at that, you look at those six, and not, not knocking them, they are all really good talent. I don't want to see any of them fighting Ronda Rousey for the, for the championship, to be completely honest. We just saw Liv. Um, I don't think Xylee's ready yet. I don't think anybody's really ready yet for the SmackDown championship. So I think right now we're, we're seeing just a little bit of, there's, there's some issues with the women being, maybe, I don't, I don't want to say booked properly, but I think... If there was anything, we kind of talked a few weeks ago about like, hey, what do we want to see out of Triple H's WWE? I think I kind of got my answer over the last Which few is. weeks. And that's, yeah, booking the women stronger and putting them in a in a better position. Out of those six that I just talked about, is there anybody that you guys are clamoring for? Like, yes, I want to see them going against Ronda Rousey. Maybe not to Ronda Rousey, but I already said on a few episodes ago, Zia Lee is that next thing happening. So I, I am a fan of Zia Lee. Okay. Well, I think that's something he's going to – he's definitely um, is working on in the women's division because we got a lot of returns, right? We got yeah. Candice back. Uh, we got Mia Yim back. We're going to get into that later on. Um, so we have a lot of returns. I'm not sure what's happening with Sasha and, and, and Naomi. I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, at this point, I'm not sure what's holding Naomi back, right? I know Sasha has her own thing. I'm not sure why those two are – ball and chain to each other right now, um, especially if Sasha is interested in coming back. And, you know, I don't, I don't get what's going on there, but there's definitely a lot of opportunity for future growth. Uh, I think he's currently trying to rebuild the division. And out of the six, uh, I'd see Raquel. I, I think she was built very, very strongly in NXT, right, under his watch. Um, I'd love to see them kind of maybe retool her a little bit, make her that um, badass Boliqua. I, I think mm -hmm. I'm saying that incorrectly. That's all good. It was um, close. So, yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think there's definitely uh, some opportunity there, and I think he's working on it with, uh, with, with some of the talent that he's uh, bringing back. I'll tell you what. There is not a need for improvement or an opportunity at with the women's division, and that is Bianca Belair, 
versus Bailey in the last man standing match. Two Ooh. thumbs way up. Uh, I had that as the match of the night on Crown Jewel. Them girls went out there and busted their tails in a physical match. It was a couple of that was a close call spots. Uh, I think I counted three where it could have went drastically wrong if someone fell the wrong way or something didn't go right. Uh, kudos to them. They put on a hell of a match. Like I said, for me, it was match of the night. Uh, Bianca did retain over Bailey, so that kind of goes back to even more for me a head scratcher why did uh, the tag team championships have to flip, but I thought that match was fantastic. What would you guys think? Same here. Two thumbs way all the way up. Uh, one thing, when it comes to, like, the gimmick matches or matches with those stipulations, sometimes it can get really busy with props and people and just too busy and confusing. Like you said, they went at it. They made great use of the props, even a golf cart. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, the, predict- the, the ending was unpredictable. Now, what I mean by that, not who was going to win. At that point, the way the night was going, I knew ba- um, Bianca was going to go over and win. Um, but I just never seen <laughs> a finish like that. How incredible. Whoever thought of the, the ladder being stuck in between the ropes and turnbuckles, that was just so clever. I, again, have it two thumbs all the way up. Brave, ladies. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about the match. I thought it was good. I, I'm a fan of both girls. I'm, I love Bianca Belair. I think she is just Star, 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 star. I love uh, Bailey's uh, heel work, so I thought it was a great match. Um, I was not necessarily surprised that uh, Bailey lost again, um, but I think we're see what's. I think we're seeing a slight shift in her character because uh, she was acting kind of strangely. I'm not sure if you guys noticed on Raw, uh, but she seemed to behave kind of strangely. So I think we're, it's good. It's more to the story of of her and Bianca or just more story with Bailey. So I'm very interested to see where that's going. But overall, it was a great match. Yep, 100%. And then the main event, we got to talk about that. <laughs> uh, it came down kind of to just kind of what I said last week with the one lucky punch. Uh, but, man, Logan Paul, he's the real deal. Anybody that was hating on him before that match, I don't know how when you saw what he had did prior to Saturday. But when you watch Saturday – and, yeah, he's in there with Roman, but he did more than his fair share in that match. Uh, they work a regular type, main event style, WWE pay-per-view match. And for him to come in with less than a handful of matches under his belt in front of tens and tens and tens of thousands of people in that crowd to do it against Roman, which is at the top of the food chain, Bravo again to Logan Paul. Um, it was fantastic. Definitely had some smudgy stuff in there. We knew we would get some some run-ins uh, on both sides. We saw that. Even that, I thought, uh, really added to that match. Nothing but just uh, rave reviews for me for Logan's performance, for Roman's performance. Everybody involved, I thought, was fantastic. What'd you guys think? One word: spectacle. In all the right ways, though. You know, that match had story, we had wrestling, and a frog splash off of the top rope turnbuckle to the announcer's table, mind you, with a phone in his hand. With a cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) Holy hell, Batman. That was incredible. Yo, so I got two things for this match. Like, Logan Paul is like a generational talent. We talk about MJF. 
But Logan Paul, I mean, I've never seen a, a wrestler in his third match perform like that. Like, doing springboards, the flips over the top. I mean, he's a natural. He he has all the tools, man. If he wanted to make this like a full-time thing, he'll be one of the, 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 the biggest stars in the business. I mean, he already might be. I mean, I can't wait to see him come back, and I can't wait to see what's next for him. And my other thing I got to say is uh, Roman Reigns, is the greatest wrestler in the world. The greatest. It ain't even close. It ain't even close. And let me tell you something. If you don't think, if you think I'm capping, ask your favorite wrestler who the greatest wrestler in the world is. It's, it's not even close. There's no one near Roman Reigns. Him for, like, look, Logan Paul had to do a lot in that match, but you, you got to talk about the ring general that Roman Reigns is, that he put on a spectacular match. He can't miss from promo to match to everything. He has it all. And he showed it every ounce of ability that he has in that match, man. So for me, when I watched that match, I had my mouth drop from start to finish. And I, I was looking at both these two guys going at it like, wow, this is special. I haven't seen a for me, that match was, I haven't seen, I haven't been that engaged in a match in a very, very long time from Bale to Bale, I think it was phenomenal. So, greatest wrestler in the world and the next generation of talent in one match. Roman's just so good at doing the small things. Like, he does everything right on the right time. Uh, I rewound it back, and it was a, a spot when uh, Solo's music hits, and Roman's down on the cell. And he puts his hand up like, absolutely, man, come out here, let's go. You've never seen that before. But it's common sense. Right, if you are in trouble and in life, you know yep. somebody's mm -hmm. coming to help you, you are like, man, let's get it, let's go. It was it was fantastic. So kudos again to everybody um, in that match. Hopefully for Logan, I know he came out and said that he tore his knee up. I'm I'm hoping somehow, some way, it's a work and it's not really tore up. But that's just the way for him not to be on TV right now, and it makes sense. And then we see him, uh, you know, pop back up, you know, in the next few months. Of course, because we got Rumble season, we got of course WrestleMania. But uh, regardless, he has submitted himself. Ishan, you said it. If he wants to make this his thing thing to do, he's got it. And I'm sure Triple H has already had that conversation with him because uh, he is fantastic. Matt, Rhodesia, let me ask you, what kind of what kind of weed was that man smoking that he has a, a torn meniscus, he busted his ACL, and he's still doing that flippity-flop? Like, what, this, this man was going through the whole match. Like, they say adrenaline is a mother. Uh, or drugs. I mean, I, I don't like for real. Like, <laughs> if, I, like so you so you saying you saying Logan Paul wrestled that match high? Something. <laughs> Maybe he's high on Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, but he was high on something. That hey, he got through to, that shout match. To Jesus. Shout to Jesus you know, for sure. With a, a torment. His birthday's coming up. Wow. Like. <laughs> so as as much as we loved. Logan Paul, Roman Reigns' performance. Uh, now we got to go to the opposite side. We got to talk about Braun Strowman. Braun, 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 Braun. Mm. So him and almost, almost, almost all of the whatever names you want to use, they had a really good match. We, we kind of dogged it last week, said, hey, it's going to be a bathroom break match. It was not. They actually did really, really well. I even said on Twitter, like, hey, my bad. You guys did much better than – I thought I was entertained. I'm sure you two were as well. It was a good heavyweight big man match, right? It was, you know, pretty quick. Get in, get out, show some power moves. Cool. Everything is good at that point. 
right? No. LeBron had to go on Twitter and do what Brian Strowman does. So if you guys did not see it, what he said was, and this was Saturday, Sunday morning, uh, holy hell, and he added almost. Can you believe we got 47 stars and reminded the people that no one cares about all these floppy floppers. Giants and monsters are better than flippy flipper bag your groceries at Kroger. Hashtag airport test. Hashtag size is the prize. Ouch. Hashtag swole is the goal. Ouch. So, of course, he had the internet wrestling community up in arms, but he also had professional wrestlers up in arms. First person that responded was Ali. And Ali responded uh, to, can you teach me how to get fired? <laughs> Shout that out, Ali. Appreciate that. Uh, Ricochet stated, just don't ask him to stand on a scale or he'll threaten to sue you. And he laughed out loud. There was something, I think, with the meet and greet with that where uh, he threatened to sue somebody. Um, so shotgun blast there again. Chris Jericho said, I used to bag groceries. So another shot. And then probably the best one that I saw was from Osprey. And he said, um, let me pull that one up because that one was a little bit longer, if I can find it. Uh, why, why are you so mad about making money? Then he put the laughing, crying emoji. Uh, it's dead funny that you actually done such a great job and you're mad at other people that do the same thing. Relax, my guy. Just say you really enjoyed showing super heavyweight wrestling. And that's really what it comes down to, right? Like, Every anybody who's in the sport of professional wrestling, you're good at something if you're at a high level. Hey, for you, Braun Strowman, your wheelhouse is the big man match. That's what you do. And I think there is a market, as we can see, for him in WWE, which is why he should have never got released. But when he comes out and says ignorant things like nobody cares about flipperty, flopperty things, it's ridiculous. I'll get your guys' thoughts in one second, but I did want to follow up, and this just came out today. From FIFO Select, they reported that Braun's recent tirade against the high-flying wrestlers has earned him significant heat with his co-workers in WWE. According to one FIFO source, Strowman has been on his best behavior backstage, but refers to the former WWE Universal Champion's uglier side as social media Braun. And those are in quotations. WWE management is already uh, aware of the situation and feels that Strowman acted immaturely. Yeah, you can say that again. Uh, while none of the tweets were part of an ongoing feud or angle, Fightful Select said it could be likely that Braun will be ribbed for the comments in some fashion on WWE programming, whether through an angle or on commentary. Fightful Select spoke to one source that will, quote, never do a flip in their life, end quote, who thought Braun was out of line. We need them and they need us, the, the quote the source said. Wrestling is everything. There's very little truly right or wrong. He didn't come up in the business doing the things that a lot of people did, so he probably doesn't understand. To all that, your guys' reaction is what? Brian, you don't have to throw somebody under the bus or step all over them just to shine your own light. I thought the Omos, Omos, almost match and Strowman actually was a really good match. I thought it was solid. I thought that there really wasn't any really slow moments to it. Um, but the monster of monsters in red tights, <laughs> he's been always a kind of a polarizing character, I think, in real life. Um, but and he shout doesn't to have to bear <laughs> Shout to Jerry for, for throwing that in last night. 
and in case you don't know, Jeff Jarrett did make that comment about a red monster in red tights. Um, so again, for skinny Shroma, jeans, you don't there. red skinny jeans. <laughs> so Shroma, you don't have to bury somebody just to be proud. You should be proud of that match. Um, almost came out of that match too, looking really good and solid. I mean, I think this is kind of like a tarnish or an asterisk on their match because it was so good compared to what I thought. Remember, I call it a bathroom break match, and it wasn't that at all. But you kind of just wasted such a great moment by going on the social media and doing all that. That's a little too much, Stroman. Hey, feeling myself, feeling, feeling myself, right? Hey, y'all was y'all wanted to go to the bathroom during this man's match. Y'all want to go through the no, 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 no. Y'all want to go to the bathroom during this man's match. Y'all had it all lined up. I'm gonna have a potty break. Y'all want to do number one and number two at the same time. Do, and number three during this man's match. So he showed y'all, okay? Brian Strowman showed you and the world what he's made of, okay? He had the match of his life and of his career at Crown Jewels. So yeah, let him go on Twitter and say what he needs to say. All right? <laughs> Look, I'm I'm 5'10 with shoes on 165 pounds. If I was seven foot with an ugly beard, I'd be up there talking junk on Twitter too. G did. Let that man live. Let Eshan that man just, live. Eshan just turned heel to everybody who was listening to this podcast. We're going to segue then um, <laughs> right from that. So, yeah. So, Brian, get it together, man. You do not have to do that. And the crazy thing about it was, like, your face. If he was a heel, and even if he thought that, cool. But you're a heel, play into it. I get that. Your face. The, the, the flips and the people who do flips have been holding it down much longer than you have and you probably ever will in – the sport of professional wrestling. So take a chill pill, man. Realize what you said is wrong. He, he kind of came back. He deleted the tweet. He came back and kind of recanted and basically just said, hey, you know, respect to all the workers. Uh, we all know how hard it is to, to get to uh, where we are in professional wrestling. And then he made a comment of, you know, the IWC, which is Internet Wrestling Community. You guys always kind of throw it at me, but when I throw something back at you, you can't take a joke. It's like that wasn't a joke. So, so that was a half apology, it sounds like. But yeah, again – I'll, I'll I'll give it to him. He had a great match. He was pumped up on adrenaline. Whatever. All right. So that was uh, that was Crown Jewel. Before we get to Raw, there was something else that that kind of came out today that I do want to get your guys' thoughts on. And it was about another premium live event that we just saw a little bit ago uh, back in September. Uh, Clash at the Castle. Story that came out. It was a legit scenario to where Roman was going to lose one of the belts at Clash at the Castle. According to the sources, uh, that was up to the night before there was a plan for this. Check this out. An idea that WWE came up with was to take one of Roman's titles off of him at Clash of the Castle. Um, it didn't come to fruition, as of course we know that. But the idea has emerged online and is definitely rather convoluted, suggesting why it didn't happen. So the source said that the only thing they could think of was with Austin Theory. He was going to somehow make it known that he was only cashing in for one of the belts. Therefore, it became a triple threat, and Tyson Fury stopped him like he did, and Drew would then take one of the titles. Russell Volts explained that due to the strange nature of the idea, it didn't end up coming to TV, with the reliable source questioning how it would have played out on television. For whatever reason, that didn't work. And it sounds really convoluted. I don't know how you're going to pull that off on TV, Russell Volt said. Uh, they wanted to make the title separate in the moment, 
because they do want two different titles again, but they're struggling to figure out how to do it. So to summarize, the idea was to have Austin Theory try to cash in or cash in the money in the bank for just one of the belts, make it a three-way. Tyson Fury knocks him out, and then Drew wins one of the belts. So I'll throw it to you guys. As you can see, we probably can tell why it didn't happen. Uh, but would you guys have liked to see that? And one, that scenario itself, would you have liked that? And then two, would you have liked to have seen one of the belts taken off of Roman at Clash of the Castle? Eh, I think I would like to see the two belts um, again. Um, and any way they try to do it is going to be convoluted. It's going to seem strange, right? Why would Roman put one title up and not the other? It, it, it is going to be kind of a convoluted thing for them to kind of do. Um, okay. I think at this point, one way they could maybe do it, it could be, uh, let's say it's a, it's a dude that Roman has, has beaten multiple times, and he says, hey, you know, uh, hey, you're a, you're a half a challenger. I'm going to give you a half a title. We can, I'll put this one up. And he loses some type of way. But at this point, can you really do that? Because I think part of the, the thing with Roman right now is, is the he hasn't lost a match in over two years, right? So if he loses right. a match, you know, it's going to take away from that. Now, putting in a three-way, right, where the challenger beats someone other than Roman, you can say, hey, Roman himself hasn't been pinned. But that's still kind of convoluting at that point. So for me... I, th I say to go ahead and keep both belts on Roman, right, for until they get to WrestleMania, and hopefully we have that Rock versus Roman match that everyone's dreaming of, and they keep on trying to make that U.S. title and that IC title the important secondary titles on those shows until that happens. So I don't know. What did you What do you think, Rhodesia? I think to split, I would have rather Drew just win both the championships at at um. Cardiff personally actually I thought like I said before that he was going to win when that when Roman kicked out in two and three quarters I couldn't really see you separating those belts I mean it would have needed a lot longer time I think to tell that story now to answer your question um, could I see that triple threat that kind of would have been cool I think that kind of made sense too with him um, theory getting punched out too but I personally feel that we should not break up those belts because I think with the U.S. title, we're trying to make that like the secondary belt, the top belt, secondary belt. And whatever belt or championship Roman would be giving up or putting up, would then that now give that a ranking? Okay, well, that's not as important as the other championship. So I just think when you just read all that to me, I'm just like so confused and I don't even really know how to think there for something like that to separate after all this time, two plus years without losing, it would need to be a lot better than that. And if I would have been confused by just hearing you say this, I could only imagine how that would have, you know, came out to the crowd and the wrestling community. And, you know, and the thing about it too, is the, the story didn't call for that. And I'm talking story now afterwards, right? So, okay. Say they're trying to get a belt off of Roman, trying to get it on Drew. Cool. Got it. Drew deserves it. Right. Sure, okay. Sure. Absolutely. So now, but what does that story look like? Because either, because what it didn't say in that report was who's getting pinned. Was Roman going to take the pinfall or was theory going to take the pinfall after he was knocked out by Tyson Fury? My assumption is 
that's what would have happened. So Roman would not have taken the pinfall loss. Is Roman just cool with losing one belt? Because if not, then now we got to have a rematch between him and uh, Drew at the next pay-per-view, which wouldn't really make sense because then who do you have win? And then is it title for title? Is it a unification match? Is it only for Drew's belt? It, so now we, we see why it didn't happen. I saw a lot online of people saying, like, man, I wish something like this would have happened. We need two different belts. I think that completely stains the bloodline storyline if he's not universal champion. If he's not, you know, both belts, Usos having both belts, I think it takes away from the mystique of the bloodline. We need to ride this to the wolves fall off. And I, really I, think I think to that point, the, the U.S. belt, is like that secondary belt. Again, not to say that it's underneath Roman in any way because then we know Seth has, you know, wrestler of the year for me for a couple years now under Roman. But I, like you said, now I, now we make, we split up the, the, the championships that Roman has. So now it's three top belts. And then what's the order in there? So I think you got to kind of keep it or it really has to make sense. So I'm happy they did not go with that just because I don't know how they would have been able to tell that story in such a short time. For sure. Last news piece before we actually move on to Raw, and I know we all probably have some thoughts on the theory failed cash-in. I know I do. Uh, Steve Austin popped in the news and was reportedly elated after his match against Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. And according to people around him, he does not want to stop just yet. Whoa. Talking about wrestling. All right, Ishan and Rhodesia. We're talking just dream matches, just dream matches, okay? Who would you guys want to see Austin wrestle at next year's WrestleMania if you could book it? Don't worry about booking the story. Don't just give me, if you got a name, you say, man, I would love to see that match at SoFi Stadium with Austin. Who would that be? I'm so passionate. I have to go first, Ishan, because I used <laughs> yeah. to always put this in. And um, was it SmackDown versus Raw when I used to play on the video games? It would be Austin versus Triple H. That would be my dream match there. Okay. So, okay, well, let's let's take that one out because we know Triple H can't wrestle anymore because of his heart condition. So take take him out. Is there anybody else that you know that could still wrestle that you would want to see in that match? You just broke my heart. I don't know. Sorry about that. I, maybe, Ishan, you go. Maybe I'll come up with something later. But that was my dream match. If I'm dreaming, I would dream them two matching. So I w- I'm still going to go with that. You still going to go with it? Go, still going with it. Don't go. Triple H is just dropping the middle of the ring. Got it. Ro- oh, come Ro- on. Sheesh. It's a dream. It's my dream. No, Rodesia. that's a nightmare. That's a nightmare. That, that, that's not a dream. The, you can go on the network and see a thousand of those matches right now. No, no, it's different. It's it's so why, different. Why do you need the dream? Go, they're, they're, go they're watch over the it right now. In a good way, I want Triple H in my dream who doesn't have a heart condition. And Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, 2005, 6. Uh, no, maybe not 2006. I think he might have been tired by then. But go to 99. I mean, it's a, it's a preference of matches they already had. So I think without question, it has to be Austin versus the greatest. And for, for some of you people who haven't realized who the greatest is yet, I said it earlier, Roman Reigns versus Stone wow. Cold Steve Austin. Put that wow. right in my. Give me some of that Logan Paul, right in my, right in my vein. You understand? What I'm trying to say to you. Give me that match. That match will be outstanding. Because look, I don't think any of us expected um, Stone Cold to take suplexes on on, on the concrete. concrete 
right after he didn't bump in the ring. He was bumping all over the stadium. How crazy is oh that? Oh my gosh, on the concrete. No one expected that. So if he's capable of giving you that type of output, just imagine with the ring general himself, Roman Reigns can do with Stone Cold. I think that would be another um dream match. I mean, so if we get Ro- oh my god, guys, I'm getting excited. I was really <laughs> sleepy going into this. I was sleepy. I thought so, I thought I could fake it, but look, we can get we, we can potentially get Roman Reigns versus Rock this year, dream match, right? Yep. Next year, can we get Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Roman Reigns in Philadelphia of all oh, places? Oh Lord, that's a lot of no, money. No, 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 I don't want to steal your thunder, Matt. I know who I would do. Too late. Can you I get wait it? Get now. back? Dang nope. it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Austin and Cena. There How you go. How could I forget that? How could I forget that? That that is who I had down as the big Sorry. one. That is the big one. That is one that you can announce in a capsule. No storyline build is needed, and you can sell out Mania off of that alone. I think that would be absolutely incredible. So that was that was what I had. I also had another one, and this is hey, if you believe that person is. No longer in AEW come April. Go Austin versus CM Punk. That's another one that would fill any stadium in the United States and probably overseas as well. So those are my two big dream matches for Austin. So we'll see. I am, if you guys don't know, you probably don't know, but I am like the biggest Austin fan in the world. He is number one for me on the all-time wrestlers list uh, just from everything that he's done uh, you know, back when I was in high school, you know, him had being the, the be after really Hogan, there was no big top, 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 top guy that everybody knew who Austin was. I mean, back in the day, you could walk down the street in the 90s with an Austin 316 shirt. and Everybody knew, you you know, you were wearing a Stone Cold shirt. So uh, very cool. But that's great news for us that, hey, he's not done yet. Maybe we can get one or two more matches. But uh, imagine we can get every single one that we just talked about besides Triple H. Because I actually am a fan of the man, and I don't want him dropping right in the middle of the ring. So we said Rhodesia, dream. You, you got. You got to be. We said you dream. Be better. You got to be but better. We said Rhodesia. dream. So in my dreams, I could dream them. So I think it's a nightmare. But let's talk about another nightmare, and that was the failed cash in on Monday Night Raw from Austin Theory. I'm gonna throw it to you two. I got some thoughts, but I want to hear your guys's first. If there's anything else from the show you guys want to talk about, I, I guess we can bring that up too. But this is, of course, the the, the big piece from this week was uh, if you did not see it somehow, some way, Austin Theory uh, showed up. All right, so let's back up. Let me, let me back up. Seth Rollins said, hey, there's going to be a open challenge tonight for my U.S. title. Cool. Sounds great. Bobby Lashley beats up Ali backstage and say, hey, Ali, you're not taking – this open challenge. I'm taking this open challenge. Cool. So now we're set up for the main event, Bobby Lashley versus Seth Rollins. Bobby uh, destroys Seth before the match even starts. Bell never rings, destroys him. Austin Theory comes out after Bobby leaves and says, hey, I'm cashing in my Money in the Bank briefcase on the U.S. champion. They take his briefcase. They start the match. Uh, About six close falls finishes. And uh, he loses. Seth hits him with the curb stomp, and that's it. React. Look, 
I thought that was a great piece of business all, all day long. I thought I thought it was great from top to like <laughs> wait a minute. Before I get into theory, did you guys hear like the groan from the crowd? Like you didn't hear that crowd react much that night, right? But when Ali popped his head <laughs> on that screen, <laughs> that was like the most emotion you got from them when Ali came up there. And man, Bobby just tossed that dude like a dart, right? Like, man, that was phenomenal. I think it was a great piece of business all, all the way around, right? Like, look, Theory no, joins. not right. Absolutely yes. not. No. Right, right. Tell, okay, joins, no, tell me, okay, just give me one piece to yeah. why you thought it was a great piece of business. It, it, in what we've seen so far, I'm not yeah. talking what they can do come Monday, what they yeah. can do come next one month. I'm talking just in that time capsule of watching Monday Night Raw. Why was that a great piece of business? Do you believe in the theory character? As as constructed now? Yes. Do I believe in him? Um, no, you don't. You don't I mean, when you say, do I believe in him? Like, yeah. I, I think he's okay. I, I, I Well, granted, I know him from the independents, right? Yeah. So yeah. He, he has not shown that side of him on the WWE main roster at all. Even in NXT, he kind of didn't. He was with Johnny Gargano. But if you say, do I believe in him? I would say, if I said yes, then what's your answer? You, but you don't see him being a champion right now. You do, you do you see him beating Roman Reigns? Do you see him in that? Like, no, this was good because he got put in a position that didn't really make sense for his current status right now. Like, right, it doesn't make sense for him. He, he's not going to cash in on Roman and beat him anytime soon. That's not where the business is going, right? He had to get off that. He had to, they had to get that that briefcase off of him. So he cashed in on Seth, right? Seth is hot right now, right? They're doing something with Seth right now. He's been, the, the crowd's been singing his theme song with him for months, right? So now he's kind of starting to be put in a position that kind of makes sense for that character. Because I've, I've said it before, it doesn't make sense to have these, 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 these bad guy characters that everyone's cheering for, that's playing into the crowd, that's trying to get cheers, right? So now his character's kind of in a natural place that's right for him. Now we're going with Bobby. Now Bobby look continues to look like a monster, right? He beats the hell out of Ali, right? And then no, 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 stop, 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 yeah. stop, stop. No, 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 oh, no. Stay on, stay on point. We're talking just theory right now. You said it was a great piece of business with theory failing to cash in the way it happened, and you have yet to tell me why it was. You told me the real life story of yeah. hey, he's not ready to be a champion at the highest level. Okay, that's that piece. You have still yet to tell me. What was so good about what you saw with your own eyes on Monday with that failed cash in? Let me. He didn't tell me because you can't think of one. The the great thing is that the crowd can actually rewind. So I said he needed to get off that. (laughs) He was put in a position that didn't make sense for him. Right, but that that that's a real life thing you're saying. We know that. We know that. That's not from that's not from TV character. You can write stories. That was the best story they came up with. So your so what you're saying is it was a great piece of business because Vince McMahon bestowed this briefcase upon him when he wasn't ready for it, and now we got to get off of him. So whatever we do to get it off of him is a great piece of business because he's not ready for it. Exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you That's want. Horrible. <laughs> that is horrible. Ready to, what's your thoughts on that? So I, when you get a Money in the Bank, you get all of these um, – that chance to chip in AEW. When you get this, I get a chance to go after the champion. Again, it's assumed that you're going to go after the the biggest title, the world title for whatever. Well, guess what? You're with. It's not assumed when you win it. It tells you that you have a contract 
for the top titles. Nowhere has it ever said any title in the company. It's always been for the World Heavyweight Championship. But I digress. Well, Go ahead. Okay, I thought it was just for you get a shot at the championship, and we assumed it as we don't know what his contract says, Rhodesia. Don't let Matt <laughs> fancy put that ridiculous. piece of paper in that contract. State. We don't know what the hell that thing says. It could say big googly moogly, and we wouldn't know. Big they can make up whatever they want. Go ahead, Rhodesia. I do apologize. Just of a point is, I think the bigger question here is. Did Vince McMahon absolutely love Theory and everyone hated and resented him? Because I, I'm i not understanding, like, what's happening here. It was like a, okay, maybe he's about to win the U.S. championship. Um, but no, he's not. Wow. Like, they are burying him. And I don't know if it's something that's in the locker room, if he's just not ready. I'm kind of, I guess, intrigued and, and wanting to see where this is going to go. Um, but to me, that was such a wasted cash in such a waste of cash in again i don't mind him going for the u.s title i think that's actually pretty clever because i don't think anyone can dethrone roman right now but to lose it too that is that's interesting because he still had time so when was money in the bank that's like june-ish right it was july 2nd it was july 2nd this year he still has seven months to go that we could build him into whatever so this is This is the first absolutely illogical thing we've seen from Triple H's WWE. There is, and once again, I'm taking this in a capsule. Something can happen on Monday where we look back and say, okay, that made sense. I'm not looking at it this way. I'm looking at it of, you present to me on Monday. Here it is, Thursday going into Friday, and this is my thoughts. That was horrendous. Now, let's back it up a little bit, too. I do think that Triple H is a proponent of theory. I don't think this is a burial at all. I do think to what Ishan was saying, uh, when you're talking real life, he's not ready for that spot. We know that. Okay, get the briefcase off of him. No problem. I'm I'm good with that. Okay. But he could be ready for the U.S. title. But no, because you had him lose it. So let me get this right. You have him show up at NXT, kind of tease the Braun Baker piece. Okay, that was kind of cool. Okay. He has seven months left. There is nothing you can tell me that makes sense out of that storyline. There's nothing you can tell me. Okay, so how about this? Um, Why didn't Bobby still have that match? So you beat up Seth and you just go to the back? They didn't force him. They didn't say, you got to leave the arena. That's too much. We're calling everything off. He just left after doing that. He wanted the U.S. belt. So we can't go back and say, oh, Bobby, now is just beating everybody up. He doesn't care. No, he made a comment during Raw that he wants the U.S. title. Okay, I'll throw that out. So then we have Theory come out. It's an open challenge. Why are you cashing in your money in the bank briefcase? That makes no sense whatsoever. And then we lose it. Okay, you have until July 2nd. Of 2023. Of course, the Roman Reigns, if now now let's flip it to real life, right? We know he's not beating Roman Reigns. There's, there's no time for that story. Okay, cool. But imagine the stories that we could have told leading up to July 2nd of he still has his briefcase. He can't cash in. Who's going to cash anybody, in on? Yep. He can't mm-hmm. cash in on this person. He can't cash in. And then you just, you run with that. But to, for them to do it, and once again, we know it was done from a perspective of theory is not ready to be royal champion. Let's remove this off of him because it's hurting him. 
I get that. But I'm talking just what I see on television because if that would happen in AEW, oh, my goodness, would they be getting trashed right now? Happened in WWE. And I think that unless something significant happens on Monday, they got to own it and say that was a really bad decision. Once again, I don't think it's a burial. I don't think it's a situation where they're not high on theory. I think it's the opposite. I think they're very high on theory. So I think their thought was, hey, let's get this off of him ASAP. Let's move on and start telling a different story with him, his character, because he really hasn't been – he's been the same person since he won the briefcase. If you think about it, he hasn't really done anything special. But I thought, I thought that was really, really bad. Um, or why, how about this? How about you call your shot? Even say if he would have called his shot and said, Seth, I want you next week. And he loses it. Okay, cool. But for him to lose it that way, it just felt like they were like, you know what? You know what Monday felt like to me? Monday felt like, hey, we got to erase anything and everything from the Vince McMahon regime that we haven't taken care of yet. And let's do it tonight because we got war games coming up. Then we got to build to rumble. Let's just clear it out. Think about what we saw on Monday. So we saw Theory lose his cash in in a way that didn't, didn't make sense. We saw Nikki throw the 24-7 belt in the trash, which, hey, shout out to Nikki. Let me let me give her an air horn for that because thank you, Nikki, for that. I appreciate it. Um, Matt, so, so you real look quick at that, on that. Yeah. I, I really was like, what did I just see? Because <laughs> we know Nikki's off the hinges, you know, even in the NXT, she's been a little bit just crazy. I'm like, she just threw the championship away. She literally but even that to, to me, but to me, there's thought in that, right? Okay, Nikki, to your point, is unhinged. She's crazy. Have her come back to her crazy gimmick and throw away the title. Now the title is no more. So if you guys haven't seen it, the title has been officially retired. We are not going to see the 24-7 title anymore on WWE TV. Okay, that makes sense. That makes logical sense. Everything with the end of Raw, as much as it was good TV for the time, like when the credits rolled and I'm sitting there watching whatever comes on after Raw, I'm just like... I can't wait for the pie because that was really, really bad. So, like I said, I, I do think they're high on them. I am excited and intrigued to see what Theory looks like now going forward. Uh, does he try to put up some form of a fight to get that money in the bank? Briefcase back? Could be all for nothing if he says, like, hey, there was an open challenge, but he cashed it in, right? So, I mean, I, I don't know you know, how, how you do that. But overall, I thought that that was not the best moment at all uh, for Triple H and WWE. Yeah, but like you said, um, I, was, I was trying to say earlier, it's exactly what you said. Because, look, that, that briefcase was hurting him. No one took him seriously with that. that let, let, get that thing off of him. Let's reset the character. Let's put him on a trajectory that's going to make sense for his character. Right? Let's tell a different story with him. And as you said, I think it was the reset. And that's why I said it was a good piece of business because he wasn't doing anything with that briefcase. Like, we, no one took him seriously with the briefcase. He had no momentum. I don't want to see seven months of him holding that briefcase, teasing a, 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 a shot that he can't make, right? I, I don't care. Get that thing off of him. Let's move on. Let's tell a different story with him, right? And you, we don't know what they have planned on for the guy. Like I said, I don't, I don't think he – I haven't heard of any heat with him. So they might have a whole new storyline going on with him um, and something that he can really sink his teeth into that makes sense for the character that we can really get behind because I can't, I don't know of anybody that was invested in a, in Austin theory cashing in and winning any kind of championships anytime soon. For sure. I'd agree on that. I agree on that. All right, let's, uh, let's switch gears before we get to the TFW moment of the week. Uh, let's talk about dynamite from, uh, Wednesday night, uh, Soraya, so let me find 
the applause for Soraya. Congrats to being able to come back and do what you love to do, and that is wrestle as a professional wrestler. Uh, she did announce last night in a promo segment with Britt and Tony Schiavone that she is now 100% cleared, and she is going to be back as being an active wrestler on AEW. First match is next Saturday against Britt Baker uh, at full gear uh, on pay-per-view. Uh, but overall, what do you guys think of that segment? So, of course, for me with Soraya, knowing that she was going to be in a ring with Dr. Britt Baker, I'm like, please, 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 God, please, God, please, God, let her channel her inner page. Because I just know how great Dr. Britt Baker is on the mic. Um, and, oh, my goodness, that exchange that they had, it was so passionate. I felt it. And just the going back and forth, I said bravo to both or brave to both of those ladies once again. Um, I think Tony was saying something about tonight's going to be an uh, incredible dynamite, um, newsworthy dynamite. Newsworthy. I do yep. I do feel that maybe the how it was delivered, it kind of took away from that big news of what it deserved to be in that moment with Soraya, Soraya said that. You saw she got emotional. So, you know, for her and the people that was there who felt it, and, and us too who's watching, it felt good while she can wrestle again. Um, I wish that could have simmered a little bit more because that is something that, like with Edge um, and those people who've had these neck injuries, that they said that they can't wrestle and Daniel Bryan with his concussions. To be able to come back and wrestle and do something they love so much for, like she said, she's been wrestling since I think the age of 13. Um, to me, I think that was a little overshadowed. But I'm happy that she's back, and I was so happy with their exchange because they went tit for tat, and I felt both of them perfectly. And I think Soraya actually won um, when it came on the mic just for that night. You know, for me, I'm a, I'm a big Soraya fan. I'm going to go into it a little bit more, um, her moment, a little bit later on. Um, but um, as much, a great of a, of a moment that was, I wish they would have let the her announcement – and the aftermath simmer a little bit. I know we got a pay-per-view we got to get to, but that's a huge deal, right? That's, that was huge, right? The, the, the woman almost lost her livelihood, you know, and she was told that she would never be able to do it again. And for them to kind of announce it and then quickly get over to the next thing was kind of, I wish they would have gave that more time. I, I, I know, I, I'm pretty sure they had a good idea that Soraya would have been cleared, you know, weeks ago, even last week. And I felt like last week, would have been the perfect opportunity to make the announcement on that show. They had to sit down. And I think that would have been a perfect opportunity for her to make that announcement then, you know, get a, some great buzz going in um, into this week. So now we got the confrontation between Brett and Soraya. Now it's, we have really some, some meat to sink into. Right now, Brett has a lot of ammunition she can kind of go into. Like, hey, it's kind of the same thing she already did. Like, hey, can you even still do this anymore? You know, you've been gone for X amount of years. I'm not sure how long she's been out. Um, I, for me, I think that was a little bit of a miss because that was a huge moment. They didn't really let simmer for very long. Um, as good of a segment as it was, as great as Britt was on the mic, as always, uh, I, I felt like I loved the, the passion from Soraya um, in that promo. Um, so I, overall, I thought it was a, a really good segment, but I just wish they maybe would have uh, took, uh, took that announcement, made that one show, had the 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 face to face on another show, and then we could have got the bill just as we we're getting going to the pay per view. What say you? You know, I, I I can see that. No, I think um, and to your point, that 
that should have been the biggest news out of the the promo segment, which it could be. But I think what they could have done, uh, to your point, is, hey, Soraya comes out. She starts talking. She tells Tony, I have some bad news. Brit's music hits. Brit comes out. They go through their thing, right? They can do the exact same promo piece that they kind of did before. Uh, they did last night. And then it could be a situation where either Tony says or Brit says, oh, and what's your bad news that, that you have? That you're not clear? And, you know, she could have said, no, the opposite. I am cleared, and I'll see you at full gear, right? Now you leave on, oh, my gosh, she's cleared, and this match is happening. It kind of, you know, started in the beginning of the promo. If she's cleared, and then they had their back to, you know, their back and forth. I thought the back and forth was great. I do think they need to be careful, though, or maybe not they. Soraya needs to be careful. Soraya, excuse me, because I think she downplayed Britt a little too much in that promo segment. Uh, she talked a lot about, of course, what she's been through. That's great. But Britt has been through a lot, too. And unlike Thunder Rosa, where Thunder Rosa's out due to an injury, as many injuries that Britt's had, she's still been on TV consistently and, and weekly. So it doesn't have that same – you, you can't say, like, hey, I've been hit by a car, uh, you know, I hurt myself. If Britt had been off TV, that's when you could say, hey, and I'm more woman than you because you couldn't even come to work with a broken nose. But that didn't happen. She showed up to work every single week. And you can even tell with the crowd a little bit. The crowd, they went from being like 90% behind Soraya to, I would say, is, you know, maybe 50-50 in the middle of that promo. And then, of course, Soraya got the, got the crowd back toward the end. So, you know, I, I think we just got to be a little careful there uh, because Britt's been holding that division down for years. She has. She has been by far, you can say Jade, you know, because Jade has done a lot too. But from an in-ring perspective, from a promo perspective, I think Britt has head and shoulders been the top talent in AEW uh, with their women's division. So some of that, I think, kind of felt a little hollow. But I am thoroughly excited to see what this match looks like and how it plays out next Saturday. Real quick on that, though, I think Dr. Britt Baker and Soraya, she, Soraya had to hit lower because, again, how good Dr. Britt Baker is on the mic. I think she had to bring that up. She had to pull and pretty much throw all her cards out and lay all her cards out to compete against Dr. Britt Baker. Um, also, to, to Ishan's point, just a little pushback on that, I think Soraya had to do it in front of the crowd. I think that if they would have did it at the um, sit-down last week, I think that would have fell on even more deaf ears. I think that she should have absolutely announced that she can wrestle in front of the crowd in a ring. I just don't like how it was done because we should have walked away from that show saying, wow, Soraya is back and she can wrestle. And that's it. That's all I got on that. Uh, anything else from Dynamite that you guys want to, want to talk about? The only other two things I had worth of note for me is War Joe is no more. The heavens has heard me talk for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks about Warlow being a top singles guy. And I was so tired of seeing him coupled with Samoa Joe. And I love Samoa Joe. So it has nothing to do with Samoa Joe. But the whole every single week, every single show ends with them saving each other. This tag team, enough. Uh, I'm thinking we're going to see a triple threat at full gear, uh, which should be fantastic with Hobbs, Joe, and Warlow. I am here for that. Love that. And then we saw the uh, Elite promo video, which was the best one out of the three. Looks like they'll be back at full gear. Uh, I hope they don't show up, of course, next week. That's something that you want to save for the paying customer on a pay-per-view is to see them come back. Hey, what are they coming back for? What are they doing? 
I thought the video yesterday was really, really good. What did you guys think in terms of highlights that you guys had for Dynamite? Hey, keeping back with the wardrobe thing, but who dropped the ball on Wardlow? Goodness gracious. I mean, you know, just months ago, that man was like one of, is what was uh, the, the hottest act they had in that company. Um, like I, I just, when I watched that segment, I was happy to see them move on from that, but goodness, they kind of really dropped the ball on him and, um, really loved the MJF promo, right? Man, that guy could cut a promo. I mean, he, he told a great story during that, per- that, that promo. Right. And uh, I know that we were all talking before about like, how, how can he be a face? I mean, how can he not be right? Like who, what heel can can stand against this man. All right, I'm sorry, not with what face, right? Because I'm pretty sure going to this pay-per-view that Mox is going to get booed, right? I feel like the crowd is going to be firmly behind him. And I feel like anybody they put in the ring with MJF, the crowd is going to be firmly behind MJF. I'm hoping that this isn't a swerve with the whole firm thing. And going to the firm, my man Stokely, I don't know we can say it on this podcast. I'm going to say, did he say penis writing? Did he say penis writing twice? On he network did. TV? He did. Uh, I mean, goodness gracious. He said I mean, no penis writing without a license is actually what he said. Oh, Lord, it's illegal in, in 25 states. Um, <laughs> so I feel like that was another great promo. So if this is some kind of a swerve, I hope it's not. I hope this isn't a swerve. I, the crowd is ready to get behind MJF, and I think that MJF as a face is totally what this company needs. I love that. Um, and le- the Jeff Jarrett thing. Man, I'm not feeling that. What do you guys think about the Jeff Jarrett return to ADW? I think it's, it's still a little too new. I I like Jeff Jarrett. I think every time I see him on the TV, whether it's in WWE or AEW, that's what I watch primarily. It's always some kind of excitement there. Um, to Matt's point from last week, I think this performance last night on the mic was much better than what it was last time. But again, the guy yeah. still looks great. Wrestling's in his blood. So again, with the utmost respect to him, he can show up on any on any uh, federation, and I'll still be a fan of that. He's done so much for wrestling. Ishan, to your to your point, the exact quote from Stokely was: "The worst crime you can commit is dick riding without a license." <laughs> Jesus, boy, oh boy, Stokely, leave it up for Stokely. Leave it up to Stokely to hit something like that. Uh, But you did mention the MJF promo. This takes us right into our last segment, which is the TFW moment of the week. That was my moment of the week, uh, was MJF's promo. And if I had to put it in quotations or state what that promo was for me, was when real is done right. And that was what that promo was. Uh, He brought up the history of pro wrestling champions. Right, he talked about Bruno, he talked about Hogan, he talked about Austin, he talked about Rock, what that means. Uh, he put over Mox as his opponent much more differently than he's ever put over his opponent before. So kind of goes to what you were talking about before. You guys know me, I've been banging this drum. Uh, they need to turn MJF baby face as much as they can. Don't change anything with the stick, right? So, but instead of, you know, ragging on the fans, he just rags on the hill opponents that he's going to go against. Um, but he's never put over an opponent like that before a match. He still kind of gave him a dig, but he hit him with, you know, what he's done, the thousands of miles he's driven, uh, you know, and he said, hey, I respect you. That's very facious of a wrestler. I love that. 
I also loved him talking about the spotlights that was being taken away from him. And he mentioned every single thing. He mentioned Cody showing up with a neck tattoo. That was the big to-do. He talked about Matt Hardy falling and suffering a concussion. That was the big story out of that pay-per-view. He also talked about the first blood and guts, where the big news out of that was, you know, uh, Jericho legit hurt his elbow in the fall. And then, of course, he talked about CM Punk's, you know, lash out at, at the press conference. He's always downplayed those things. This time he leaned into it. Once again, for me, that creates sympathy. For a viewer at home, when they hear that, they think to themselves, man, you're right. Like, he hasn't really gotten his just due. Once again, we, we talk about it every single time he picks up the microphone. Oh, man, that, that was incredible. Oh, man, that was incredible. We know he can talk now, so we got to figure out something else, I guess, to talk about when he's on the mic. But I thought that was, inc- I thought it was excellent. And what I really enjoyed was it was not in the arena. So to what you said, Eshan, I am crossing my fingers that this firm beatdown was not a ploy where they're still in cahoots. I think that you got to be really, really careful when you go to the point of putting somebody through a table, giving somebody a finisher, and we're all in cahoots together. You could have did a beatdown with just punches and kicks. Okay, cool. We get that. But So I'm hoping that that's not the case. Uh, and, yeah, they are in Prudential Center in Jersey. That crowd is going to be 95% MJF, 5% Moxley, yep. if that – uh, and I think we crown a new AEW world champion next Saturday. So that was my TFW moment of the week was MJF's promo from Dynamite. Rhodesia, what was yours? All right. So mine's is we saw a video earlier this week of Tololope Omogbehin, also known as Omos or Omas, um, surprise visited his family in Nigeria after 14 years. Um, I want to cite or source um, TMZ Sports because that's where I saw the video at. Um, but in the video, we saw him embrace a woman early on in the video and then a male at the end, I guess presumably a mother and a father or at least a mother-father figure. And that kind of just brings me to my next point about the courage it takes for a person to leave their native country with the hopes of a better future. So I am a child of an immigrant, and knowing that my mother left, her native country to come to America is really, really scary and courageous. And so just knowing that you'll be away from the people who loves you and the hope for a better life, albeit like in almost case, an opportunity to do something you love is unbelievable. Um, I will say, I don't know almost story for coming to the U S but how beautiful was it for us to witness kind of that moment when he got to see his family after 14 years. Um, so to almost, I hope you got to love on your family as much as you could while you were there. And for me, guys, that was my TFW, that's freaking wrestling moment of the week. Very nice. Ishan, what you got? Man, Rhodesia is always about to make me cry on here. It's, it's, it's too much, man. I, <laughs> man I up and, take and, all this. and man up and give us your moment of the week, sir. Oh, Lord, I'm too emotional right now. <laughs> um, oh, but keeping with emotion, um, my moment was Paige announcing that she's back. Um, I'm, I am and was a huge page fan. Um, you know, I, I felt like she, and she, oh man, she lost her career at such a young age. I'm not sure the age at the right, at, at this very moment, but, you know, I felt really bad for her, but in a lot of ways, mentally, I'm like, look, there's a possibility she can come back, right? Something she can get better. You know, we have Jesus. There's a way that she can come back. And I hoped and I prayed that she can she can heal and she can come back and finally she's back right she's finally she's back she's healthy she seems like she's in a very great place she can capitalize on a second chance 
Um, and I'm looking forward to the ride. So for me, just keeping with that emotion, I'm just happy that she's back and she's happy to do something she loves to do. And I'm happy to see it. Excellent. And to your point, she is right now only 30 years old. She just had a, a birthday on August 17th. So she's got a long career ahead of her if she wants to continue that career for a long time. I, I do know she was on Renee's podcast. I have not had a chance to hear it. I did see a couple of snippets on it. She stated uh, right now they're looking at doing one match a month to get her back integrated. Um, and she is not going to take any hits from behind. Everything she's going to take is she's going to be able to see it coming forward. So uh, be, be, be protected. And that's all that really matters. So awesome. Very good. Hey, another awesome, excellent, incredible episode of TFW. Let me give a couple of plugs out for the podcast. Please subscribe so you can get the new episode sent right to you. While you're there, be so kind and leave a five-star rating. We've had a few of those, so thank you very much for your support on that. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter at That's FNW. And then we also have YouTube. Subscribe there so you can see the video clips from this and other episodes at That's Freaking Wrestling. Thank you guys again for listening. We appreciate you. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>